Well, hello and welcome to the Discover Dayton podcast, the show that's all about the Gem City's past, present, and future. I'm Arch Grieve and I'm your host, and today's episode is the weekly news roundup for Friday, May 20th, 2022. A lot happened recently, including stories about an uptick in COVID cases, an EPA report about our local waterways, and new inductees into the Dayton Walk of Fame. You won't want to miss it, as there's a lot happening today, including in about 30 minutes from this episode's release, so tune in now. Well, to start off this week's news, I'd like to say happy National Bike to Work Day. And if you're listening to this before 7 to 9 a.m., you still have time to make it to the Five Rivers Metro Parks Bike to Work Day celebration, which is happening this morning at the Riverscape Metro Park. The first 500 riders to register and check in at the event receive a gift, and you can pre-register now online at metroparks.org. The event takes place from 7 to 9 a.m. at the Riverscape Metro Park on Monument Avenue and features a free pancake breakfast, live music, a bike expo, and more. So hopefully I'll see you there. Well, in a reminder that COVID-19 is still unfortunately with us, coronavirus cases in Ohio have been going up steadily for the past six weeks in a row, with weekly cases being over 15,000, as reported about a week and a half ago. That's up a lot from where they were at the beginning of April, when the state averaged a little over 3,500 cases per week. According to the Ohio Department of Health, over 7 million Ohioans have gotten at least one shot, but only 3.56 million have received two shots and a booster. Well, if you remember a while back, me talking about Dayton Public Schools possibly reopening the World of Wonder School to serve students who are learning English as a second language, well, that plan is now official after school board members voted unanimously to do so this past Tuesday. The school will be open to students in grades K through 6 who live in Residence Park, but it will also be open to up to 12th grade students for English language learners. Superintendent Lolly explained that the school will have separate English native and English learner classes, but that those will be combined during lunch, recess, and possibly classes like art and extracurriculars. In other DPS-related news, if you're interested in mentoring a Dayton Public School student, DPS is starting the Transform Career Mentoring Program, which will match about 100 high school students with local mentors. Mentors will be matched with 10th and 11th graders to help them with decisions on things like colleges and careers, and mentors and mentees are expected to connect for a minimum of 5 minutes per week. The locally organized TEDx Dayton event will be taking place on October 14th, which is a ways out, but more pressingly, they're now accepting applications for speakers. TED is a nonprofit dedicated to spreading ideas, and TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. So, if you're interested in being a TEDx speaker, you can apply at TEDxDayton.com. Applying is no guarantee to speak, however, and I would know because I've applied and not made it in the past. But a volunteer-run committee will review your application, if you apply, and then may invite you to audition. If selected, they'll work with you to prepare to tell your story, so give it a shot. Well, the Ohio EPA recently released a report about our local waterways that said that they're about as healthy as they were two years ago, although that's not necessarily a great thing. The report is required by the Clean Water Act to be released every two years, and in it they explained that in terms of local waterways, the stretch of the Great Miami from Tawawa Creek in Sydney to where the Mad River joins it in Dayton is classified as not impaired, but that from Dayton to where it enters the Ohio River is impaired by polychlorinated biphenyl, or PCB, a toxic industrial chemical that does not go away easily. 
The Mad River and Little Miami are considered impaired by PCBs as well, although the still water is not. In better news, one section of the Little Miami is being delisted because it meets a different set of cleanliness goals, so it's not all bad news at least. A local Dayton couple is suing rapper Travis Scott after they allege that his Astro World musical festival last fall resulted in the death of their unborn child, as well as 10 people who also died. The couple, Shanaja Williamson and Gerard Owens, filed suit against Scott, the festival organizers, and the security companies that were hired, and they're seeking over $1 million in damages. They explain in their suit that Williamson was trampled and crushed during the event which resulted in her unborn child's death. So far, over 700 other concertgoers have filed suit as well, and Rolling Stone reported that nearly 5,000 people suffered some type of injury at the event. Scott denies responsibility and has performed this month for the first time since the tragedy, which also resulted in the death of a UD student, Franco Patino of Illinois. His family is also filing suit against the rapper. Well, there were protesters at the Ohio State House on Saturday protesting against the likely adoption of abortion bans by the Ohio State Legislature. Those protests were joined by others, including in Xenia and one here in Dayton at the Courthouse Square, where hundreds gathered to protest against abortion bans. In the wake of the leaked Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, many states, such as Ohio, are considering banning abortion. And in Ohio, the bills that seek to do just that are Senate Bill 123 and House Bill 598. Ohio's version of the abortion ban, if it passes, which seems likely, will outlaw abortion except in cases where the mother's life is in danger or to prevent irreversible bodily impairment of the pregnant person. However, there will be no exceptions in the case of rape or incest. Well, it will be at least another year until marijuana is fully legalized in Ohio as state officials recently settled a case with the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol, who have been pushing to have their signatures accepted on this year's ballot for voters to weigh in on. In exchange for delaying until 2023, the coalition will not have to recollect signatures again for next year, and the state will accept the over 140,000 signatures that they've already collected. Well, the Carillon Historical Park here in Dayton has some new exhibits you might want to check out, as there is now a new industrial block of buildings on the grounds where you can see an expanded print shop, a new demonstration foundry, a soap shop, and a landscaped plaza where Carillon will hold programs for children. The Gem City Letterpress Company was the first hands-on experience the museum offered to visitors back in 1988, but it's now expanded and will be joined by the new Rubicon Foundry and Air City Soap Company. Paper printing was a big business in Dayton years ago, and Dayton History's Vice President Alex Heckman explained to the Dayton Daily News that due to Dayton's location next to the river, there were a lot of paper mills here in the 1930s, in fact, 25 out of Ohio's 36 paper mills were in Dayton. And because it was easier to do the printing next to where the paper mills were, there were 77 paper printing companies at one point as well. If you're interested in getting involved, you can volunteer at Carillon also. Simply call volunteer coordinator Kay Locker at 937-293-2841, extension 102. For more information about the museum, visit DaytonHistory.org. Well, the Dayton Playhouse is bringing back its annual event, Future Fest, for the first time since the pandemic, and the event where they produce six previously unproduced plays over the course of three days. 
Future Fest is a nationally recognized all-volunteer event, and they received 378 play submissions this year alone. They have their six finalists who will be performing at the festival selected now, and at the festival those plays will be judged by professional adjudicators. One of the plays is particularly timely and is called Griswold, which is about Estelle Griswold of the Supreme Court case Griswold v. Connecticut, which enabled unmarried couples the right to obtain birth control. You can learn more at wordpress.thedaytonplayhouse.com. Salem Avenue in Dayton is now undergoing what will likely be over a year-long reconstruction process on the strip between Riverview and North Avenues. A reconstruction is not a simple repaving and actually involves much more work, hence the length of the project. Traffic will be down to a single lane during the reconstruction process, so city leaders urge people to find alternate routes. The rebuilding is overdue, however, as some sections of the underlying base pavement are reported by the city to be over 100 years old. Once reopened, the road will have five lanes, with two on each side and a center lane in between, as well as a two-way, ten-foot-wide cycle track. This is just phase two of the entire project, and the final phase four is not expected to be done until the end of 2025. Well, the Dayton Walk of Fame recently announced the induction of some new members, including one of my favorite local bands, Guided by Voices. The walk began in 1996 and recognizes individuals with outstanding achievements in the arts, education, invention, community or military service, philanthropy, and more. The inductees this year are as follows. First up is Phyllis G. Bolds, a black woman who graduated from Dunbar High School in 1950 and went on to become internationally known for her work in aircraft dynamics. Next up is Neil Gittleman, artistic director and conductor of the Dayton Philharmonic Orchestra for almost 30 years. Then there's Roger Glass, president and CEO of Marion's Pizza, who is known for his philanthropy work, including helping to found Equitas Health. Then there's A.B. Graham, who was considered the founding father of 4-H youth programming, Sharon Rabb, the founder and co-chair of the Dayton Literary Peace Prize, and finally, guided by voices known as the forefathers of lo-fi rock, who are headed by frontman Bob Pollard. They're still active, of course, and just this past March released the album Crystal Nuns Cathedral. The inductees this year will be formally inducted and honored at a luncheon at Sinclair in October. Visit DaytonRegionWalkOfFame.org for more information. Well, if you're into barbecue, then you're going to want to hear this next story. As a Dayton woman, Erica Roby recently competed in the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest in Memphis, Tennessee, where she took fourth place in a competition that the USA Today calls the most prestigious barbecue contest. She came in fourth place for ribs out of 104 teams. Roby also competed in the Food Network's Season 2 of Barbecue Brawl, which she won. If you want to try her barbecue, she plans on cooking for the Yellow Springs Juneteenth celebration this year, as well as having some local pop-ups in August. You can find her on Instagram at at bluesmokeblair. Also in related news, I will be having an interview with A.J. Bauer coming up soon, and he is the owner of Smoke and Barbecue in the Oregon District, so if you're a fan of barbecue, don't miss that one. Well, apparently there is a thief in Dayton who is in possession of a key that can, quote, unlock all Dayton area mailboxes who has been stealing checks from people. So far, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office has reported that at least 26 checks have been stolen from outdoor mailboxes since February. 
The U.S. Postal Service spokespeople say that there is an active investigation that is ongoing, and while they argue that mailing checks is still secure, the Sheriff's Office is telling people that they should go inside the post office to mail checks for the time being. And finally, in our news stories for this week, I actually just got back from a week of birding in northern Ohio, Illinois, and Iowa, which I only mentioned because while I was gone, apparently the bird flu popped up in Dayton. The highly pathogenic avian influenza virus has been found in birds locally, which can infect chickens, ducks, geese, pheasants, quail, and guinea fowl. And there is no cure. It can infect humans as well, so city manager Shelley Dickstein warned recently in a commission meeting for people not to handle dead birds, so stay safe out there if you come across one. And now for your upcoming local events. Well today, Sideshow, one of the Dayton Yellow Cab's annual shows, is coming back this month today and tomorrow after taking several years off due to COVID-19. This year, performers will include Far From Eden, Tino, Nautical Theme, Snake Oil Revival, and more. Ticket information is available at yellowcabtavern.com. Well, if you're looking for something fun to do with friends tomorrow that has an opportunity to win prizes, then you're in luck because there's a downtown Dayton scavenger hunt going on, which is being put on by the Downtown Dayton Partnership. The scavenger hunt takes place from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and starts in the Oregon District, but will lead you all over downtown Dayton. Answers will be recorded on a clue sheet, although some hunt locations will require you to text photos of the things you find. The first place prize is $300 cash, so nothing to sneeze at. There's also a $10 registration per team, however, but in return you receive $10 in downtown dollars, which you can use at any participating downtown business. All teams also get entered into a raffle prize drawing as well. There's no limit to the number of people per team, although in return you receive $10 in downtown dollars, which you can use at any participating downtown business. All teams also get entered into a raffle prize drawing as well. There's no limit on the number of people per team, and you can visit downtowndayton.org to sign your team up and learn more. Well, if you're in town on Sunday, May 22nd, which happens to be my birthday, you can go to the Branch and Bone Brewery's Brunch with Chef Dane event, which is happening from 12 p.m. noon until they run out. They'll be serving up dishes like donut breakfast sandwiches, country ham, polenta eggs, and more. Visit branchandboneales.com for more information. Also on Sunday, Caroline Historical Park hosts its annual Party in the Park event, a.k.a. Floors Defeat, from 1 to 4 p.m. The event features over 200 wine samplings and food from local eateries in addition to live music. Pre-sale tickets are $70, and you must be 21 or older to purchase tickets. Visit DaytonHistory.org for more event information. Another thing happening Sunday is the Freeing Community Art Workshop Peace Pole Event. For this event, the Dana L. Wiley Gallery is teaming up with Front Street for a workshop that allows people to paint a wooden tile that will be placed on the Peace Pole at the Dayton International Peace Museum. Materials are provided, and the event is free and open to the public and goes from 2 to 4 p.m. The event takes place at the Dana L. Wiley Gallery at 1001 East 2nd Street, and you can sign up on the Dayton Peace Museum's Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dayton International Peace Museum. Also on Sunday, there's an event being put on by the Dayton Woman's Club, which is the Founders Hall of Fame High Tea event. 
The event is $25 and features a guest speaker, T. Douglas Tolls of Tolls Media, who will be talking about Dayton's founding mothers. It goes from 3 to 5 p.m. on Sunday, and you can learn more at DaytonWomansClub.org. Once again on Sunday, Dayton's Box Society will be performing Renewed, a tribute to Paul Lawrence Dunbar. The event will feature three world premieres of works set to Dunbar poems by composer Adolphus Hailstork and the winners of the Box Society's Young Composers Competition. Tickets are $25 and can be found at BoxSocietyOfDayton.org. Stand-up comedian, actor, and TV showst Donnell Rawlings will perform at Wiley's later this month on May 27th and 28th. Tickets go for $45 and can be purchased online at Wiley'sComedy.com. Next Sunday, May 29th, at Carillon is the Dayton Heritage Festival, which goes from 12 to 8.30 p.m. It's free for Dayton history members and $12 per adult or $8 per child. The event celebrates Dayton's history and features special activities, costumed interpreters, and more. Another thing happening Sunday, May 29th, is Downtown's Bozak's Cocktail Lounge, which is hosting a Beards, Brims, and Bourbon event. Tickets are $10 in advance or $15 at the door, and more information can be found at facebook.com slash bozaks. Also happening Sunday, although a bit pricier, Master mixologist Mike Jones will be leading a workshop entitled Cocktail Basics Part 2, The Cheat Code, where he will explore cocktail basics and explain how to design and craft your own cocktails. Tickets are $150 and the event takes place from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. at the 111 Flavor House downtown. Visit 111flavorhouse.com for more information. The following Monday, May 30th, the Dayton Track Club is hosting a Memorial Day 5K at the Eastwood Metro Park from 9 a.m. to noon. Race entry tickets are $30, and participants do receive a t-shirt. Visit DaytonTrackClub.com for more information. Also happening next Monday is an ethnic cheese and dessert workshop at Effin's Bakery, which is partnering with St. Anne's Cheese Company, who I recently had on the show. So check out episode 27 with Annie Foos to learn more about that, or visit stannescheeseco.com. The cost is $29, and it goes from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. The event on May 31st will feature Jewish food, but the June 11th event will feature Turkish food. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Although, before I go, I recently saw another podcast doing this, and I thought it was a great idea. So if there's someone that you know or an organization that you'd like me to interview to hear from you. Please call me at 513-400-3538 and leave me a voice message explaining who you would like me to contact, why you want me to have them on the show, and one question you'd like me to ask them. I'm anxious to see where this leads, so I hope you'll call. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and stay funky, Dayton.